Welcome to the Searching for SaaS podcast, where you'll join Nate and Josh, two founders on very different stages of their businesses. Nate is earlier on his journey and is looking for something to stick, while Josh is in the company building phase. Together, they will geek out on software as a service and share their stories. Let's dive into today's episode. We've been talking in the past about Josh in the context of referral rack, but today we're going to kind of go on the time machine and we're going to talk about Ubernote. So Josh, you seem to like to build things. What what sort of things have you built in the past or that you're working on now? Yeah, so I, I am working on a little something now, but it definitely has me exercising some restraint. Well, one of the things I think we've talked about in the past with Referral Rock is how I really had a very stripped down MVP. Like it was no code before no code was a thing, like just using a survey monkey or whatever. So I am tinkering with something like that now. Obviously I'm even more time constrained now than I kind of have been in the past with, with growing referral rock. But yeah, I, I will tell you this. Well, I think I'll get into it in another episode, but I am again using a form software to prototype this idea that's been just irking me and bothering me. And honestly, it is a little bit more of a tinkering thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A mystery. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> behind the veil. We'll see it eventually. Yeah. Like I said, it's definitely a little more of a, a tinkering thing because I don't really have a business model in mind. And I don't recommend this for other people that are kind of hunting for ideas per se, like you in the, in the pursuit of SaaS as a business. So this is kind of like a, more of those types of projects you throw it out in the wind and you're like, eh, like maybe it's like I build a thing and let's see if it, if anyone cares or I go a little further and yeah, you know, I'm bored now. Okay. No big deal. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good on you for not writing lots of code and, you know, spending tons of time on it. It's good that you're just kind of testing around the waters. It's good. Right. So today we want to talk about Ubernote. So tell us the story. What, is, <laughs> what started that? Oh yeah. So Ubernote. So this is going to date me. I'm an older web person, so to speak. This is definitely going <laughs> to, yeah, it's going to, it's going to turn back the time a bit. So Ubernote started, I believe in about 2005 okay. is around the time frame. So looking at today's date, like 16 years ago. Right, so no and, Google Chrome. Yeah. I don't, there was no Google Chrome and there was a lot of things that weren't there at that time. Funny enough, I was being interviewed for something else yesterday and the person did ask me, she was like, well, what was it like during that time? And it just felt very it's like, okay, well, let me, let me think about it for a minute. And there was no Stripe. Oh um, man. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. See, and then for you too, it's like, there was no cloud. There was not, there wasn't even jQuery. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, so yeah, think about all the things everything is built on today and those were not there. Crazy. So like the, the landscape is bare and you're like, what am I going to make? I'm going to make this awesome thing. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, it's, and it was, a, the whole idea was a subscription and it was probably the worst first thing that everyone jokes about building. Uh, I think the most common one is like a to-do list and probably Close to second is Notes software. Yeah, so it's like the the hello world of typical software development. And you're like, I'm going to make a business. So, it's funny enough though. But at that time, it wasn't right. Like, it wasn't inconsequential to build. Like, we talked about all of these things, and yeah. 
the buzzwords then were Ajax and all that web 2.0 stuff. Flickr was out, all of these things. I was working at what is a SaaS company, but wasn't even called SaaS then with a benefits administration software. And we were building just subscription software for benefits. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. You're, you're working full time and then you're doing this. How's that working? So yeah, that job I started in 2000 and I was there and kind of worked my way up through just software engineer up through to leading the dev teams, you know, doing a lot of product, I guess what's called product management now and things like that. And then it was on nights and weekends that we came up with the idea for Ubernote. It was not in a garage, but it was in my townhouse north of Baltimore. <laughs> so me and a roommate, and we were big note takers, like in terms of we used, I think, software like Keynote. And I think OneNote was around then, like the very early versions right. of OneNote, yeah. my Microsoft stuff. And yeah. And, and, and we were like, hey, why do I have to like either transport my stuff on a thumb drive back and forth? Or like, why isn't someone doing this online note thing? Like, it seems to be the ideal stuff. And I'd yeah. have, we'd have to go back and check the dates, but I'm not even sure. Google Docs at that time, I'm not sure if that was a thing. There was, it was called like Rightly or something. It was like before it even got bought. I don't know if you know these stories. <laughs> no, it's, it's before my time. I'm a spring chicken. <laughs> uh, there was this other co- software called Ether at some point that did this like real-time way of collaboration through a- Ajax or WebSockets and stuff like that. So. Yeah, so... So you and you and your buddy, you figured out you're gonna you're gonna build this note software, and so so what next? Like, so yeah, I mean, it, this was like a a computer in our house, <laughs> again, no cloud. So we had we had this software, and and I think it was first running off of just our internet access at home. I, you know, just launched it to some friends and family, and you know, eventually we were working on it enough that we just got like so enthralled by like you couldn't sleep you couldn't eat you couldn't do anything else like you go with the office and you're like this is i don't i don't want to be here anymore i just want to go back and work on my thing yeah and and so what did you what did you do at that point did you did you quit your job do you stay on like yeah i i negotiated like a kind of a a halftime thing or just like a transition for maybe about you know 3 to 6 months i think that's what i what i did and this was all in 2006 so it was probably like a year tinkering around with it and into the point of where we had enough of a bug that, yeah, we wanted to kind of leave our, our full-time gigs. Yeah. And how did you feel taking that step? Like I said before, it was, it was mostly just, it felt good because I just couldn't do anything else. Right. Like you, everything else was painful. And then it was like, I just want to be working on this. There's something here and we're just, we just want to keep racking away on it. Yeah. So you, so you go to this uh, two to three days a week and, and you're working on it at home with, uh, with this friend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, so what came of that? So speeding up a little bit, we, you know, eventually went full time and the other jobs ended. And I think we, we did that for probably a good year and a half or so. And then uh, we did get some early press. We were in like Lifehacker and a bunch of other stuff. And at this time, again, it was you know, if you got a little bit of press and you got Lifehacker, we, we got 10,000 users in one day. Um, oh, and, uh, oh. Yeah. That, uh, that's amazing. Oh, but let me, let me add a caveat there. So probably go over this in lessons learned later on, but 
So we didn't charge anything. So this was all like the freemium dream, the, the build, uh, it, build it, they will come and, and charge people later, figure out your, your, that, that people are going to pay for this later. So we were all just like, hey, how can we get buzz? How can we get users using it? Yeah, get people in. If they like it, then we can figure out the pricing model later. That sounds like a lot of startups uh, do that nowadays. <laughs> it does, but probably less on SaaS, I would think. Um, nowadays, I think now some of those types of lessons were learned a lot faster now, or there's enough stories out there like like these. So. Yeah, yeah. And so you're, you're doing that. You've got all these users that are using your platform. You must have been over the moon excited because all these people are caring about your software. Yeah, it was. And, and at that point, we're like, well, what are the next steps? And it is... Like, do we go raise funding? Do we do different things? So we actually applied to some startup accelerators. Y Combinator might have just barely been around. And this was at a time where incubators were popping up all over the place, trying to follow that model. Yeah. Um, and we applied and joined one in DC that was called Launchbox Digital. Okay. And, and so how did that go? Like, how is the, the incubator experience? I mean, it followed what was the incubator template then, which was pretty cool. So it was like over a summer, it was like a, you know, six or eight week type of program. You're supposed to be there every day. They brought in speakers. They did all kinds of stuff. And at the end, the crescendo of this was, you know, they set up a, what do they even call it? Like launch day or, or whatever, you know, they essentially... They bring all these investors. They brought all these VCs there. We had one on the East Coast, and then they arranged for one on the West Coast. We all flew out there, and there was a batch of maybe eight or nine companies, which was the second year of uh, Launchbox Digital. Wow. Wow. So did you end up taking money at that point? We did not. So <laughs> unfortunately, this this was now in 2009, and, you know, if you know anything about that time, the 2008, 2009 timeframe, that's when everything pretty much halted and dried up. So it was like a, you know, I would say a tech recession of that point in time and the housing bubble, I guess, yeah. all of these other yeah. things were going on. So everyone's kind of pocketbooks sort of dried up. Mm -hmm. And so you decided to not take funding because of the recession or because of other reasons? They're just, well, I, I would say it's a combination of things. So first, when we did all this pitching, we got lukewarm responses. They were like, oh, this is neat. You've got users using, but you heard the stories of like, oh, well, you know, you don't really have a market because you're, you think your market is everyone, but it's not. So it was a little, it was a little vague on that. And I'll be honest, since we were on the tail end, you know, if, if we talk, walk back this timeline, this is like four years in. And I think our energy was starting to wane a bit and we weren't really like as passionate and then we actually started charging and it was very lukewarm response. Yeah. And so all this time, how have you been funding yourself? Did you have lots of savings or did you get some money or? I wouldn't say lots of savings, but we had some savings. <laughs> uh, I think going into this, even when I quit my job, I, I, I had a, my first nicer car that I bought like years before, after a couple of years in of working. And knowing what was going to come, I just, I sold that then and kind of got a little beater car and some other things. So I think we knew we were just all like hunkered down, you know, not married then, didn't have kids. So was, was able to do the, the ramen, ramen lifestyle type of thing for a bit. So then I guess moving forward, then you, you, so you didn't take any money. You, you're kind of running out of steam. Did, did you fold to, at that point? Did you keep going? This is one of those ones where like, you know, 
in the storybook, it happens differently, but it kind of just like waned on, right? You like a project that doesn't die. You still have users, you're paying for the server. And it's just like, meh, I still use it. <laughs> I don't run it running this, you know, two or $300 a month server for us. And, and it, it worked. And I, I think it was, it, we meandered on, I'd have to be, have to check the exact dates, but probably at least for another like two or three years of just where we weren't really working out, we're kind of maintaining it and we all kind of went off and did our own thing. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of just, you just kind of left it there to simmer and it kind of sat there for a while. Yeah. And, and I don't think there was any one point in time and that where we were like, okay, we're, we're stopping work on this. You know, that yeah. I feel like that, that never really happens. It's kind of like you go back and you're like, oh, I haven't touched that in like two months or, oh, it's been six months. And oh yeah, what is my even log into the server again? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess if you're, you're looking back over the experience, what would you have told Josh starting the project? Josh quitting his job, what, what sort of things would you have told him? I don't know. I mean, I, overall, I kind of, maybe I'm just one of these people that goes back and looks at the experience and there's definitely lessons I learned, but I don't know if I would have been able to steer myself around it if that makes sense so i don't know okay. if, i mean we could have said maybe you know you should have charged faster but at the same time would that have stopped us maybe not yeah you're just so excited at that point anyway you were just plowing ahead anyway but what sort of things have you learned from it so yeah we kind of later on did a little bit of our own personal retrospective with it and honestly that's where it did lead to Kind of where I am today, so that's where it's like it's hard to go back and, and say what you regret or what you would change because you know where you are today is, is usually a result of a lot of those things. But the the big one was having businesses <laughs> instead of consumers try to pay for things. We still I still liked the SaaS idea, the SaaS model. And so, what was the like? What's the the takeaway there of businesses versus consumers? Well, I think I think value is the big thing. Like because consumers are really fickle, and you know you're you're when you're spending your money personally, it's a much different thing than you're spending a business's money or also that since it's a business, you're spending this to either like save time or make more money or, or you know, one of those other key reasons. So the ROI and the value I think is very clear with a business and they're used to spending money. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. One of the other interesting things too is we, you know, I'm a person that does like as much as you would think most people think entrepreneurs are, are risky. I think I'm fairly risk averse and it's, it's a strange kind of phenomena when I tell people that, but one of the big things we missed the boat on was this is when mobile was coming up and we were like, nah, I don't know about this mobile thing. Like for whatever reason you go back and you look, you want to smack myself in the face. <laughs> that, may, that might be the one thing I would go back and tell myself is like, don't, don't sleep on mobile. Like, what are you guys doing thinking, you know, the way was going to be this all in the browser? Not that that's not the case, but we were thinking, oh, this is all in the browser. It's going to be able to run disconnected. Like you could, we had that built in. You could unconnect your internet cord and it would, everything was kept locally in the, in the browser cache. And when it connected back up, would sync everything back up. That's impressive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we built that ourselves too. And it had this like replay logs and all kinds of other stuff and, and conflict resolution for multiple browser endpoints. I mean, yeah. 
And, and looking back, do you think that you built too many features? Maybe I don't know. But what, what the thing is, we we like we ignored mobile altogether. Like we're like, well, we're on this path. We think this this is our vision. So I wouldn't say too many features, but it was probably more of like we also were not like picking our heads up to look at what the current of the market was. Because at that point, that's when Evernote was around too. We actually yeah. technically launched before them, but they were like the first in in the app store, one of the first app store apps. So you know, if we were in there with them or all those other things, you know, it could, it could be a different story. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I guess just to, to kind of close out any, any things that you would tell other entrepreneurs that are listening to your story and maybe feel like they're in the same boat They're they're all excited about quitting their current job so they can start their idea. What, what would you say to them? I think the quitting thing is fine. I think the quitting thing is like, you're not going to, be able to un- unconvince someone that it wants to quit because they're so enthralled by they, they're just going to need to take a run at this, right? Like, I don't think you're going to stop that person. And it's probably a good thing because you're going to need that as an entrepreneur that, that get up and go. But yeah, what I would say is don't build a notes app. <laughs> don't build, <laughs> don't build a, a, a massive like thing that you think this market is big or is so oddly niche for each individual Maybe Notion will tell you otherwise now, but they played a really long game. Great. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing your story with us today. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's searching the number four SAS or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week.